0: can you believe it episode number 400 is here for the school of greatness podcast that's right this is episode number 400 with new york times best-selling author john assaroff welcome to the school of greatness my name is lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur and each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. I'm sitting here in the Greatness Studio, thinking about everything that it's taken to start the School of Greatness podcast from moving from Columbus, Ohio, to New York City back in 2010, then moving from New York City to Los Angeles. Going through adversity, struggle, selling a company, trying to figure out what do I want to do with the rest of my life, what do I want to do with the next few years of my life. Who am I? What's the purpose? Why am I even here? You know, going through these questions, I feel like I go through those questions every few years. But when I moved to LA, I was going through a transition in a lot of areas of my life through relationships, through my business, selling that off through just trying to understand who I was as a man and a human being. And the School of Greatness was born out of my insatiable desire to learn, to learn, to discover, to acquire new skills, new information, and to tap inside the mind of those most powerful human beings in the world who are in the top 1% of their game in their industry. And we are 400 episodes in. And all I can say is thank you. I am blown away at your generosity, at your love, at your support for dedicating your life to learning, to growth, to committing, to tapping into this podcast. Every time we release a new episode, some of you, this is your first time here. Some of you, you've been here for all 400 since the beginning, no matter where you came along the journey. I just want to say thank you. It means the world to me. And, um, It's kind of hard to imagine that we are 400 episodes in. I don't think when I started it, I thought I would ever get to 400 episodes. So it's because of you that we continue to do this, that we continue to seek out the best tools, information, and inspiration from the most inspiring people in the world. And it's because of you. So thank you guys so very much. Send me a message over on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, at Lewis Howes, over on Snapchat as well. Let me know. What your favorite episode is so far, either say the number or the name, just tweet me or message me anywhere on social media that you like with your favorite interview or episode so far. I'm curious to hear what it is for you. Now, today's interview is massive. For those that don't know who John Asareff is, he is one of the leading behavioral and mindset experts in the world with a unique ability for helping people release the mental and emotional obstacles that prevent them from achieving their very best in life and business. In the last ten years, he's written two New York Times best-selling books that have been translated into thirty-five languages. He's appeared on Larry King Live a number of times. He's been featured in eight different movies, including the blockbuster smash hit *The Secret*. And he's built five multi-million-dollar companies. And today, he's the CEO of NeuroGym, which develops some of the most advanced neuroscience-based. Brain training programs in the world helping individuals and corporations maximize their fullest human potential. I just had a chance to have lunch with John actually a couple days ago at an event in San Diego as well. He came up to the Greatness Studio here in LA to do this interview. We've gotten to connect more and more, and I really love his approach. Man, talk about wisdom. Talk about someone who Just knows life a lot more than me, just understands business at a different level. He thinks differently, he lives differently, and his results speak for themselves. We go in deep here on a lot of different topics. Almost every five minutes, I was looking over to Tiff, who's uh, our video editor, and I was like pointing at her, like, we got to clip that sound buddy because there's so many golden nuggets in here. So make sure to check out the full video, interview, and show notes at slash 400. That's right, episode 400, baby. And here are some things we're talking about. Number one, how to retrain your mind to break through a financial limit. So I was asking him about people who have a scarce mindset or who are stuck. At a certain level of income, maybe you're making 50000 a year, maybe you're making 100000 maybe you're making a million, but you haven't been able to break through to that next level. We break down the science of why you're held back and how to break through. This is extremely powerful. We haven't talked about that this much on the podcast, on the School of Greatness, so make sure you dive in deep and listen in during that part. We also talk about the simplest, surest way to change your results, the big shift that is coming in neuroscience that will dramatically change how we learn, now, a number of ways on how to build your confidence. If you feel like you don't have confidence, listen in then. Also, the difference between wanting and committing to your goals episode 400 is here i hope you enjoy it i hope you love it i hope you share it with your friends lewishouse.com slash four zero zero and without further ado let me introduce to you the one the only john Asaroff. Welcome everyone to the School Greatest Podcast. Very excited about our guest, John Asraf, in the house. Thank you so much for being hey, here, hey, on, man. I great appreciate to be here. it. You are one of the leading mindset experts and coaches in the world, and uh, you're a couple New York Times bestsellers. You've been doing business for a long time. You've been on Larry King, I don't know, fifty times. You've been on every major media uh, press outlet there is. You've done some incredible things, and uh, I'm really glad you made it on the show.
1: You know what? I I love being here. I see the work that you're yeah. doing in the world, and you know, one of my goals is to inspire and touch the lives of a billion people. Mm. But it's not directly through me, right. right? So it's through the people that I come into contact with. And sure. you're doing some kick-ass work. I love I it. I appreciate and, uh, it. It's great to just to to share the the mic with you. Yeah, and, of uh, course. And, I appreciate uh, yeah.
0: it. We we connected. I guess we've I've known about you for a long time, but we connected, I don't know, maybe a year ago, six to 12 months ago, through a meeting that you did up here, and I think that was the first time we met yeah. in person, right? But we've yeah. been connected via email before then. And uh, I remember hearing about you from the secret days. Yeah. I think that was the first time, and I think where a lot of people know about you, at least in my space, probably from those days. But you've were uh, you been working for a long time before that. And that was, what, 10 years ago, the secret? or
1: 2008. Oh my yeah, gosh! It's like unbelievable. Eight years ago, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Un- unbelievable. My, my uh, my son Keenan, you know, at the time, you know, was was still, you know, just in his early teens, mm. <laughs> and he's, you know, almost graduated college now.
0: Wow. So. Would you would you say that that movie and documentary was a, a kind of a tipping point for you, or you already doing a lot and you had the reach you wanted before then, and that was just kind of the icing on the cake, or what did that do for you?
1: Well, it's interesting, but uh, I've just built companies my whole life, right. and um, and so I have been involved in the personal development, you know, mm. gathering wisdom, knowledge, skills, tools, resources from people who've just done what I want to do. So yeah. I, I I really just learned from masters. Yeah, and so I was never really in the personal development field. You know, my last company or two companies ago, I took I took it public on NASDAQ, retired in um, two thousand. And then wrote a book in 2003 called "Having It All" and became a New York Times bestseller. Mm. And I was retired, so I, I wasn't working. I just wanted right. to share the knowledge and share what I had learned about uh, you know 20 plus years in personal development, going to every seminar, reading sure. you know thousands of books, buying CDs, courses, hiring coaches, consultants. What's a CD? Oh, that's okay. right. What's okay. a CD back then? Okay. Yeah. Okay. You had the little cassettes. <laughs> you're thinking, what's a CD? That's right. It's like cassettes, CDs, yeah, exactly. and now it's like just digital. Oh, yeah, yeah, And so I just wanted to share mm. some of the things that, that I learned, the good, the bad, the ugly, the challenging, the embarrassing, the shameful. Sure. You know, just be real with people of um, what does it really take, right? Yeah. That's the thing I love about your work is, you know, you've been a professional athlete. You, you know, the sacrifice it takes. Yeah. It doesn't make a difference if you're if you're the Most gifted athlete in the world. If you don't have the discipline and the work ethic, you're you're sitting on the bench. You're not going to make it. Yeah. You're sitting on the bench and there's so many people that have so much potential and it seems like they're standing on the edge of it Mm -hmm. instead of leaping into it. Right. So I just wanted to be a part of helping people. And in 2003, people started to ask me if I do events. I said, no. And I had more people and more people ask if I do events. And so finally, my wife said, why don't you just do one here at the house? And so I remember it was uh, like jo- June, July, 2003. And I had a, a blog at the time that I was-, was writing about once a week. And I just said to people, hey, I'm thinking about doing an event in my house. 33 people, $3,000 for three days. And within a week, I it, people said, count me in. Wow. So I did an event at my home and nobody stayed there. But <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and then people said, hey, you know, can we work with you, you know, To help us with growing our business, to help us with uh, with our life, and I said, "Well, I don't travel. If you want to work with me, you have to come here, or we have to get on the phones and know and talk." And so I had, you know, three, four people saying, "Yeah, great, Mm. help me." And so I started to help people. Right. And I was like, "Wow, this is really fun. Yeah. You know, do what you want to do from your home, yep. right? Get paid to do it, yep. help a bunch of people. It doesn't get much better. Yeah, than get that. paid a lot of money, yeah. Yeah. yeah." And so that really became the beginning of of me getting into the personal development field, mm-hmm. and then seeing how can I take the the knowledge, the skills, the resources, the tools that I have acquired right. over the years, and then just share it with the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so many people that. Uh, just get into personal development and build a business off of that, but for years you were building businesses and selling them, yeah. and then you got into personal development. So you've been extremely successful and sustainable because you know how to run businesses yeah. in this, and that's why you continue to grow.
1: Well, the, uh, business is, is the fundamentals. You know, being healthy, fundamentals, you know, having great relationship, fundamentals. It's not rocket science, but it is a science. Right. And if you understand (laughs) the science, then, you know, and you take action, then you can achieve the success you want just about in anything.
0: Yeah. What do you think is holding people back from growing a business, starting and growing a business to a certain level?
1: Well, initially what holds them back is fear. So fear of failure, fear of success, and then failing. Fear of disappointment, fear Mm -hmm. of being embarrassed, fear of being ashamed, fear of being guilty, fear of losing money, fear of... Fill in the bank. there's over 50 different types of fear that holds most people back, but they're unaware of it. It's like a, a silent, hidden enemy that's locked deep in their non conscious brain. And this is the area that, that you know I study this my life's work now is understanding what actually drives the perceptions that people have about themselves and what's possible for them to achieve. And what's the difference between somebody says, Yes, I, you know, I want it, I believe I can have it, I believe I could do it. But then there's another voice that they listen to more that says, but you're not smart enough. But you're not good enough. But what if you fail? What if you succeed? So there's there's voices in our head that most people have not learned how to really just pay attention to. Because the this, the voices that you hear, the thoughts that you're having, the conscious ones and even the non-conscious ones that percolate up to consciousness, if you pay attention, you can manage You know, where they go because that's what actually fires the electrical signal and the chemical response that drives behavior. Mm. And most people don't understand. You know, it's like a spark plug. One spark plug, you know, turns the car on and you can push the gas and go. The other spark plug basically turns the car off and your brake is on. Most people don't think of their body, their mind as a system Mm. that they actually own. And so we haven't been given the user's manual for that. So fear is one. Uh, but then it's all the non-conscious conditioning that prevents people from, from it, taking the actions that sure. are needed. Like, what are the conditioning that most people have—the non-conscious ones? Well,
0: this a is lot from what of, we've learned from yeah, our parents if we, and from if we, peers. If we think
1: about the era that our parents lived, okay, um, Great Depression, yeah, right. Um, very, very hard to make money. Very, very hard to find resources. Very, very hard to to do anything unless you're a professional. So our parents said to most of us, "If you don't become a professional, uh, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle and suffer." And hmm. even the professionals said, "Okay, so become a professional, and here's your ceiling of what you have." So we became conditioned to be worried of scarcity in a world that has no scarcity. We became conditioned to having certain beliefs about what's possible or not possible. So even now, you know, as we as we you know we're sitting here and we've got this you know amazing election time crazy you know one of the things i've been thinking about is you know there are some people that believe that if donald trump wins they're going to make a fortune and there's other people that think they're going to lose everything and i have a friend of mine who has got about 70 million dollars in the bank that believes that if hillary gets into office he's going to lose millions it's going to be really tough and what really is you know going on in people's heads it's it's all of their references their beliefs and their perceptions that are locked away in the implicit part of their brain that is driving those thoughts and even Mm -hmm. the behaviors. They may not even be aware of it. They're not even aware of it, yeah. They can be, but they may not be. And so what we really have to go back to to focus on is it really makes no difference who becomes president or who doesn't. Mm -hmm. If you have the belief that regardless of what happens in your external world, you can navigate towards the success that you want. That's a belief. And beliefs are the lens by which we actually see the world and by which we behave. And so if you want to change your results, don't focus on changing your behaviors. Change your focus on the beliefs that drive your behaviors. Mm. Right? Powerful. Yeah. And so the next question, though, is, well, great. Where? What kind of beliefs? beliefs do I have? Right. <laughs> yeah. like, well, what, okay, well, we have two types of beliefs. And this is this is where it can get a little bit, you know, heady. And that is, you know, when you start talking about my brain, Hmm. it's an organ. It's like your heart is an organ. You can speed up your heart. You can slow down your heart. You can, you know, speed up the brain waves in your brain. You can slow them down. You can tune in. You can tune out. We haven't been given the user's manual for the most powerful. They don't teach us this in school. Aware of that's right. And so the great news, you know, I know you being an athlete and a successful businessman, you have discipline. You cannot. (laughs) <laughs> you can't achieve results. Achieve results without some kind of discipline. Exactly. And so we know that there's some fundamental truths to mm. achieving success. And every successful person will tell you, you know, and Jim Rohn is, I know you you love Jim Rohn. So sure. you either pay, pay the price of discipline or you pay the price of regret. Discipline mm. weighs ounces, regret weighs tons. <laughs> That's good. But the, the thing is, can you teach discipline? The answer is yes. Mm. How? You have to have a willing participant. Mm. And if the participants reason why is big enough if they know i want to achieve x Mm -hmm. and the reason why the motive for their action motivation the motive for their action is a reason beyond just themselves Mm -hmm. chances are they will do more to achieve that success than if it was just left up to their own but there are some people that are born you know with incredible drive they just have this insatiable drive and they'll just i'll do whatever it takes for the things that I want. And there's other people that want things, but they just don't have this insatiable drive. And this is where, you know, I as much as I hate school, I love to use schools and analogy. Yeah. In the game of life, whether it's health, wealth, relationships, career, business, spirituality, fun experiences, you have to decide what level of the game do I want to play at. Mm-hmm. Is it the grade school level, the kindergarten level, the high school level, the university level, the pro level? Because each one of those levels requires a totally different mindset and totally different skill set. They're building blocks on each other. But if you are extremely talented, but you're not prepared to practice and rehearse and drill and fall and fail forward to the next attempt, you will never make it as a pro. You will never make it as a pro business person. You'll never make it as a pro husband or Mm -hmm. wife or athlete or musician. You just never will. So just get used to that if you're not prepared to pay the price. If you are prepared to pay the price and you have the aptitude and the talent, mm. now we're talking about there's some real potential here. And what we don't know is, you know, what's in your heart? Like what is the fire that stirs you that yeah. that you wake up saying, I will do this even when I don't feel like it. I will do whatever it takes to overcome my temptation for mediocrity, my temptation for excuses, my temptation for um, reasons and circumstances to hold me back. I won't allow those to be in my way. Mm. And if you have that within you, you'll achieve whatever you choose. Right. And so the question you asked before is how do you develop that? Start small. Yeah. Start small. So if you don't have discipline, show, to your, show yourself that you can give yourself one command and one follow through. So you know what? Um, right now I'm going to get up. I'm going to do two push-ups. Right now, not not like later. Now, right. can you give yourself a simple command? One sit up. Right now, I'm going to go get a glass of water. You start with something ridiculous. I, I learned many years ago. Reduce it to the ridiculous. Hmm. So, for reduce it to the ridiculous, and I start. I say, Can you do that? Great. Will you? Because that's the difference right there. Mm. Is that's the razor's edge. Can, the people who yes, can Will you? Will you? Yeah. Great. When. Now. Now. Yeah. Right? So if you develop that skill, and Mm -hmm. specifically from a brain plasticity, a neuroplasticity perspective, as soon as you do that, you give yourself a command and you take the action, you have just created a neural pattern that you can give yourself a command and take action. Now, that may just be one time. Well, what if you did that every hour by putting a little bell on your computer? And every hour, like if you were, if my computer was open, I'd have um, every hour it, it would say it's twelve o'clock, it's one o'clock, and really? I take sixty seconds just to be in control of my mind. Hmm. Sixty, I don't care where you I stop am. what you're doing. Stop. Take six breaths. Breathe. Just get just get centered. Am I on track? Am I off track? Am hmm. I doing something I shouldn't be doing versus a high impact activity that I need to be doing? Every hour, I've trained myself to just reset. I didn't always do that. So I just started with one a day. Right. Then two. Sure. Then three. Then it was working so well, I said, great, let's do this every hour. But more importantly is as soon as you become the person who believes in themselves, you see, everything you do or don't do leaves an imprint on your self-worth and self-esteem scale. And you know it. Absolutely, you know it.
0: Yeah, every time you have that cake or that cookie, right? You either believe in yourself or you don't believe in yourself, right? Yeah.
1: Every time you're you're voting with every decision, with actions, you're disqualifying yeah. with every negative belief. You're qualifying with every positive. Same with behaviors. So you start get getting aware of: Am I qualifying myself to move forward, or am I disqualifying myself through what I say I want? And what I do or don't do over and over and over again, because thought patterns become emotional patterns, which become behavioral patterns. Mm -hmm. And our brains pick up on our thought, emotional, and behavioral patterns and says, hey, you know what? You've done that one enough. I'm just going to make that automatic for you. So all of a sudden- you know, if you're a person has lots of positive thoughts, but you suck at taking action, <laughs> your brain says, let me make that a permanent pattern for you so you don't have to think about it anymore. But I'm also going to create some neural tension, and I'm going to make you pissed off at yourself now. Now you're going to start talking to yourself mm. about how you don't want to not take action, but you're still taking action. Mm. And this is where we have this conscious, non-conscious ping pong match going on all the complex. time. Complex. Yeah. It's actually complex, but it's actually pretty easy to. Hmm. So if someone's listening
0: right now and they're thinking, you know, there's a lot of things I want, you know, I want to get out of this relationship or I want the relationship, I want to have better health, I want to have more money, whatever sure. it may be, and they've been saying that for years and they feel like they've been consuming all the information they need to have, but they haven't been able to take action.
1: Maybe because their why isn't powerful enough, what would you say should be their first step? Well, the first step is to take one thing. I'm going to go back to one thing Yeah. and say, great, let me move one thing forward why because that just changes the trajectory of the same pattern repeating itself mm-hmm. and as soon as you interrupt a pattern and then you repeatedly interrupt the pattern it's like taking a detour and as soon as you take a detour one day you're like okay that was that was okay right but you intended your tendency is to want to go back to what's comfortable but if you take the detour 2 days 6 days 7 days We know from a neuroscience perspective, it takes about 66 days to create a solid enough neural pattern that it'll go from conscious effort and thinking about it to a non-conscious pattern that has the beginnings of automaticity Hmm. happening without your involvement. You're just doing. And so for me, what I do and for myself is I... Uh, whenever I want to change something, whether it's a habit, whether it's a thought or emotion or behavior, I say I'm going to work on this for 100 days. Not 30 days, not 21 days, not mm. 66, which is right around there. I say 100 days. Yeah. And then I focus all of my – just on that one thing for huh. 100 days. Why? Can you give an example of something you've done recently? Sugar. 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 No I'm, sugar. A, I'm a sugar me too i'm a sugar like if it was an alcoholic i'm a sugar <laughs> too. Right? it's so bad yeah so i i go like you know a week two weeks no sugar yep. then a month i eat dessert every night <laughs> <Me too. laughs> 90 days me too I'm you know, like, like a cake and cookie and, and five of them a day and then, and then <laughs> the same way i can be very disciplined but it's either way yeah i'm extreme i'm an extremist <laughs> as well right? so it's all or nothing higher yeah. off yeah, it's yeah. like
0: place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
1: no no in between If right? <laughs> you have one you have a dead yeah i don't i i don't have one cookie if there's only one cookie i don't know can i have like six or seven more <laughs> my cookie box. bills my cookie bills at hotels are 21 dollars not three <laughs>
0: So keep replenishing. Keep, yeah. Oh
1: man. So, so you take one thing, yeah. just one thing that you know, maybe a little challenging. A hundred days. A hundred days, just one hundred days. Ooh. So let's say you want to drink more water. One hundred days, a glass a day. Mm. Conscious effort to one a day. Whatever you did before, you'll still do, but one glass a day. So, you know, I started that with my assistant. I said, I want to drink, you know, like four of these a day, you know, like, you know, 32 ounces, whatever the case is. And so every, we got a mug. And it's on my desk every time I walk in. And then I have some support from her saying, hey, remember to drink your water. So just do it. So the first you know, two, three weeks, I feel like I'm going to drown myself in so much water. <laughs> um, but then it's like, okay, now I'm used to it. Now yeah. I'm drinking as much water as possible because mm-hmm. the habit is there. And one of the rules that I love to follow is the habit is more important than the intensity at first. Hmm. So don't worry about the intensity. Right. Develop the habit. So can you take one minute a day to focus on how you will achieve a goal? Just one minute a day. Can you take one minute a day to focus on your health? Yeah. Can you take one day Mm. to retrain your brain? Yeah. Can I take one day, you know, or one action a day? And you start off with something, you know, and reduce it down to just a minute or two minutes or one behavior. If you can get that behavior to be a habit, it's easy to stack Right, of course. It's just like the foundation of a building. Sure. Once you have the foundation, if you build it right, you stack. Yeah. And so every good discipline affects another and every bad discipline mm. affects others. What do you think about when you have a bad day or
0: when you have a bad moment or you react and you're not on your game where you're calm in a frustrating moment or someone on your team does something you don't want or traffic or whatever? What? How do you
1: process that? Um, do you through- have bad days? Yeah. Yeah. I have, um, not, not days. I have bad moments, events. There's when, when, when we're, I want to separate like behaviors and emotions. Mm -hmm. So usually when people say they're having, they're having a bad day, sure. Certain things may have gone wrong or something that they tried to do, you know, didn't work out. Mm -hmm. All information and experiences are processed at the non-conscious brain first, and then it gives rise to something we call a feeling. So emotions are processed non-consciously. The electrical and chemical reaction to that is called a feeling. So when I'm not feeling the way that I want to feel, I don't focus on the feeling. I focus on the cause, the neuroelectrical charge that's occurred in my brain. And in most cases, it's something that you're doing to interpret an event that's causing the neuroelectrical signal, causing the feeling. So, in meditation, for example, wh- why do you meditate? Well, obviously, it's great for a whole host of of health reasons, yeah. whether it's um, it's uh, less stress, less you know, lower blood pressure, uh, uh, less cortisol release, et cetera. But the one thing meditation does more than anything else is it gives you the ability to have a pause of awareness so that you sense what's happening at the non-conscious level right. and what's happening outside of you. So when somebody behaves a certain way, it's processed at the non-conscious level, it gives rise to your conscious mind for you to respond. And so when something happens, I like to be able to check in so that I don't react and I have the ability to respond. And if you do that enough through mindfulness, being aware, hmm. just being aware of exactly what's going on, then you have fewer and fewer of those times. So, you know, uh, something happened last week. I was uh, in a hotel room and I spilled some water on a shirt that I needed um, hmm. for a wedding that we were going to. And my wife was, oh, she was going off deep and I was just calm.
0: Yeah.
1: And she goes, aren't you worried about this? I said, will it help? <laughs> right. Right. Like, no, let's just figure out what to do. The accident already happened. Mm-hmm. Why are we so wired to react
0: in situations um, as opposed to be calm and say, well, this this reaction is not going to serve a solution?
1: Well, we have a misunderstanding of flow of information and the way information is processed. And so the reaction happens, again, at the reptilian non-conscious yeah. level. So. Every external stimuli, if you if you get into some of the brain, which, again, is my, is my passion, is um, one of my friends, is Dr. Evian Gordon, kind of with a great model, he says, you know, the number one thing to understand about the brain is safety and comfort first, right? So in the environment that you're in, whether you like it or you don't, is irrelevant. Your brain finds that comfortable because it's the homeostasis. But safety first. So any loud noise, any type of uh, real or imagined Present or future pain, based on the interpretation at the non-conscious level, gives rise to automatic feelings. So the signal is sent from the reptilian or lizard brain to the emotional brain, and it's only later logically understood if we take the time to be to aware of it. Be aware of it.
0: Mm. That's and why so, people react so much in traffic instantly. That's right. Instant reactions.
1: Yeah. But, but here's something you could do quickly. It's, it's called a, a reframe. So, so let's say you're driving in traffic and let's say somebody cuts you off and you've been sitting at the same spot for, you know, 20 minutes like I did this morning. <laughs> and somebody, you know, you're, you're maybe looking down at your cell phone because you have some time because you're parked <laughs> on the, <that, laughs> right? And um, somebody cuts you off. So you could automatically react, go, son of a bitch, I can't believe he just did that and just use all of this energy, the cortisol, epinephrine, adrenaline that's flowing through your body and causing stress in your body. Or you can say, well, what if that person just found out their dog died and they're really trying to get home quickly? Mm. You go, okay, I guess it's okay if she or he cut in front of me. Right. Or they just got a call from their mother, their mother fell. Yeah. Would you change the way you felt about it? And the answer is, yeah, probably. Mm And the reason, because you change the frame. So you can learn how to create frames for yourself, how you see the world, how you see failure, how you see effort, how you see your habits, how you create frames in advance that actually serve you Mm -hmm. through awareness and response versus reactivity. And that is what a lot of people who, for example, I'm going to go back to professional athlete. What do you learn how to do? respond in a variety of different ways in advance or through practice so that when it's game time you're just unconsciously do what you yeah, do Yeah,
0: especially like um, you know, I used to react a lot. Whenever I felt like anyone was attacking me physically or verbally on the on the game in the game, I used to react and I want to beat people up and hit people and yeah. respond. If I got hit in a weird way, I would always want to have the last say, right, the last hit. And my coaches would always train me because I would always get flagged. The person who's the second person is the one who gets flagged, not right. the first person who does the foul. Yeah. And um, so I started to train myself and visualize, okay, this is going to happen in this game. Like someone's going to punch me in the nuts. Someone's going to bite yeah. me. Someone's going to do this. And I can either be calm and focus on the next play or I can respond and have a penalty for our team. Right. And I started to train my my mind, seeing it in the future as if right. it already is happening. And that really supported me in not reacting.
1: And that's actually one of the best ways. It's, it's it's a cognitive behavior therapy process where you practice in advance anything good or anything challenging. And what's really amazing, some of the latest research on goal achieving, is the ability, you know, in the past, I used to teach and also do uh, visualize my goals. Whether it's my body, health, relationships, money, charity, whatever. I used to visualize the outcome. And some of the latest research now shows um, – in addition to visualizing the outcome, visualize the obstacles. Mm-hmm. And in the past, when we talked about this law of attraction, no, don't visualize the obstacles you attract them to. No, no, no. Your brain's way smarter than that. Mm-hmm. So if you have, whether it's a belief that's in your way, um, a story that's holding you back, a circumstance, uh, references, you know, something that's holding you back from achieving X, So take a look at whatever it is that you already know is holding you back. I don't believe I'm worthy. I don't believe I'm smart enough. Don't believe I'm good enough. Don't believe I'm skilled enough. I'm too young, too old. old. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm too this or too that or not enough of this, not enough of that. So address that and say, okay, here's an obstacle. I'm going to visualize that obstacle being real. And I'm going to visualize just moving it aside and me moving towards my goal. The very act of acknowledging that. Releases the neural tension around. If you do that over and over and over again, what your brain starts to see is, yes, there was a struggle. And so it's worthy of me creating this neural pattern around this new effort. Because most of what we're doing is, you know, we're being on, we're on autopilot. We're just eking through the day, you know, on autopilot. And so the brain loves anything that makes it curious. The brain likes anything novel. The brain likes a challenge. Mm-hmm. So earlier you were asking me about, you know, one of the brain training companies other than ours. I said, does it work? I said, yeah, it's a workout for your brain. And if you can strengthen the neural patterns of you seeing yourself with an obstacle and overcoming it, what do you think that does to your self-confidence and certainty? Builds it up big time. Builds yeah. it up. So if you if you actually do the work and develop those patterns in your brain as you're doing the stuff you need to do in the physical world, you just strengthen those neural patterns and that's what becomes mm-hmm. your habits. Yeah. And that's where it becomes really fun because you can develop the the habits and and the skills that you need that you'll actually take action on versus having knowledge and skills in mm-hmm. your head. Now I feel like
0: you've been testing things for decades now with oh. all the research and the work you've done. Yeah. So what does your
1: morning routine look like now? What, what's, you know? So today was a little bit different, except for one thing, because I drove from San Diego to LA to be with you. But I wake up, I pee, I do my meditation 20 to 30 minutes every morning. I don't mm. care where I am in the world. I and what are you focused on
0: I during that time?
1: I, I do a variety of different meditations. So there's meditations that I can do where I'm just observing my thoughts. Mm. Now, a lot of people think, well, I thought you're not supposed to have thoughts when you meditate. Hmm. Says whom? There's hundreds of different ways to practice awareness. See, meditation is the art of awareness. Awareness internally, awareness externally, but also the various millions of layers that exist in the physical and the non-physical world. Mm -hmm. So this morning, I did a meditation with some ocean sounds. And so it was, um, about five o'clock. I woke up this morning, sat in my little sofa, you know, mm. with my feet propped up and did a 20 so minute meditation in the dark with the ocean, just listening mm. to the ocean, just paying attention and going into a trance like state where after two or three minutes, like I disappeared, like my body was part of air and space. So today was, I was using sound to get into that trance like state. Other days, I'll do a a mantra, whether it's, uh, you know, a lot of people know transcendental meditation. So it's the OM mantra. So you just take a deep breath in. Then as you exhale, it's OM. And the question is, why would you do that? And the answer is, any time you can give your brain a rhythm, it will entrain to that rhythm. That's Mm -hmm. one. Any time you could pay attention to your breath... Inhale and exhale, you turn off the parasympathetic nervous system. Um, You you, you turn on the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and relaxation Mm -hmm. and your calm state of flow versus your sympathetic nervous system, which is the stress response system of adrenaline, norepinephrine, cortisol, et cetera. So when you get the serotonin, oxytocin, and dopamine going, uh, and you're in that state of calmness, uh you're able to enter deeper levels of consciousness and awareness mm. so you're able to observe a thought you're able to hear your heartbeat you're able to sense different things that are giving are being risen in your body through thoughts that you're having so you can actually start to see when i have this thought here's the sensation in my body and you start to get so uh, tuned to what's happening, what stimuli is happening within you that's producing these sensations that cause you to either take action or not, retreat or move forward, you can start to get a feel for how the mechanics work. So um, so I'll do that. Sometimes I'll put on uh, some of the Tibetan monks and chant with them. Mm. Uh, uh, so I use sound, yeah. no sound. I use breathing. I use open eye, closed eye, five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes. So I practice the art of being in control of my breath, not breathing, just being one with the entire universe and feeling this other than normal state of consciousness that we're used to. And it's not sleep and it's not, you know, conscious awareness. You're in an altered state of awareness. Mm. And you can you can enter deeper and deeper and deeper layers of energy, which everything is made up anyway. Everything's connected. We have this, obviously, our physical body. Right. The space between you and I right now, there's just vibrating packets of energy, mm-hmm. right? And so you're able to access different layers of all of the intelligence and information that already exists in the universe versus the memories that we have in our brains. And that's magical. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love this. Why are you so wired this way? What makes you like so obsessed with this information and sharing it with a billion people?
1: When I was um, five, six, seven years old, I moved from Israel to Montreal. I Mm. spoke Hebrew, but not English or French. And for two and a half years, I felt dumb. Mm. I felt like I wasn't smart enough and I wasn't good enough and I was made Mm. fun of as a kid. That led to me being involved in street gangs from the age of 12 to 16. In Montreal? In Montreal. Wow. Uh, We trafficked drugs from Florida we wow. did break-in entries. We we had a little streaking about wow. 12 of us that just got into a lot of trouble. My path was either jail or the morgue, one of the two. And uh, I'll, I'll, there's a lot of successful people that have that kind of a story for some strange <laughs> reason. Um, and at 19, I met a mentor. His name was Alan Brown. He was a real estate developer. Still in Montreal. Uh, no, this was in I, – I moved from Montreal after got years you. of turbulence. I finally broke free and moved from Montreal to Toronto, which is about – 350 miles gotcha. in Canada and, still. Yeah. Canada, yeah. And um May 1980 I took uh my real estate course. June 20th 1980 became licensed as a real estate. Age. And mm. the reason I did is I met a man the weekend before that my brother introduced me to who was interpersonal development. Yeah. And he was into, you know, Zig Ziglar and Dennis Waitley and Brian sure. Tracy's, you know, 35 years yeah. ago. And he introduced me to this world of of you know, the mind introducing me to the world of changing my beliefs, changing my habits, changing my perceptions of first, who are you? And he really helped me see that, you know, the spiritual greatness within everybody, the intelligence that's within everybody. He had me start with getting in touch with that. And um, it was very philosophical and didn't have the evidence that we have today mm. on Affirmations, visualization, meditation, right. mindfulness, subliminal programming, uh, habit creation, and all of the different methodologies that we've all heard about, whether it was the astronauts that went to the moon initially that trained their brains or the musicians that have or the uh, athletes that mm. do. The science now is just so phenomenal on what is actually happening. And so as I was building my own companies – I built my companies by training my employees not on the skills that they needed, but on how spectacular they were as human beings. Mm. And the greatness was within them, and if they trained their brain to have the belief that is, they may not have the skill or the know-how, but if you have the belief that I can, I will, I must, so you can build the habit, habit. You can yeah. start taking action. You can start to If you think about this, I don't care if you. If we asked any question on health, wealth, relationships, career, business, spirituality, we wanted to find the answer to something. Yeah. We could Google it, and within minutes have everything we want to Tutorials, know. About it.
0: Everything we Tutorials, everything.
1: Tutorials, videos, audios, how to, step by step, blueprint, yeah. color, <laughs> coordinate, whatever you want. So our problem isn't how to.
0: Uh huh.
1: All the how to exists. How to build a business exists. How to be a great lover exists. You know, it all exists. How to
0: get in shape. Right.
1: So I wanted to focus on, you know, how do I help more people take more of the action they know they should be and want to? And it all started um, in 1995, when uh, 1992. Um, After I, you know, got into real estate and I traveled the world, I I ended up buying the franchising rights for Remax for Mm. the state of Indiana. And I was 26 years old. Wow. And I bought the Franchising Rights for Indiana, moved to Indiana. Wow. And um, I remember being interviewed for the Indianapolis Business Journal. And the guy said, what are your goals here in Indiana? 26 years old, I was wearing, you know, <laughs> uh, I remember a, a brown pinstripe suit. Uh, and I had glasses on, even though I didn't need glasses, I just wanted to look older. <laughs> and I said, uh, we'll do a billion dollars in sales in Indiana. And the gentleman said to me, he says, are you um, certain of that? I said, well, that's my goal. He says, Well, there are two largest companies that have been here for 100 years. Don't do $100 million, dollars hundred billion uh, billion combined. And my cocky young self, I said, <laughs> well, 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 they're not me. Three weeks later, the Indianapolis Business Journal, and I have it at home, it says, Sets $1 billion goal. Wow. Um, May 1992, we hit a $1 billion in sales five years later. Wow. And we were stuck which is a great place to be stuck. Um, But it wasn't because we didn't try hard. We were stuck because people started hitting the upper limits of their financial blueprint, the upper limits of their beliefs, the Mm. upper limits of their habitual ways of doing things. So regardless of how much more information we gave them, they just were at their they limits. they believe they can make more. That's right. Well, and again, when we talk about beliefs, there's two types of beliefs. There's belief that I say to you, "Sure, I could do that." Oh, yeah, man, I want to do that. But if there's an opposing belief at the implicit part of the brain saying, "But you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. You're afraid of failure. Afraid of this. You're afraid of that." You won't do it because the non-conscious controls the entire game. And so we started to retrain our agents' brains after we did a we did a uh, hmm. an event. Um, 75 agents paid. I think it was two or three thousand dollars to go through a six-month brain retraining program. Huh. Those 75 agents increased our sales by a hundred million dollars. Wow! And we said, okay, we're going to teach this to the entire company. <laughs> yeah. So we went from a billion two to four point five billion in oh, sales a year in three years by working on this versus wow. what they needed to do. And huh. so I became really um, pretty well versed in understanding a little bit about the brain. And then after I was retired in 2003, after building a couple of companies, I took Bamboo.com. We took public in mm. 1999. And um, I wanted to just teach what I'd learned. And I started getting yeah. involved with some of the top neuroscientists, neuropsychologists in the world, hmm. uh, quantum physicists, molecular biologists. I want you just to understand the mechanics of how it all worked. Mm. So when I visualize in first person what's happening in my brain and where. When I visualize in third person what's happening in my brain, where when I um, repeat an affirmation that I don't believe, and I hear a little voice in my head saying "bullshit," why does that happen? That's not true. And then, what are the systems that get activated as soon yeah. as you believe it's not true? And then, can we learn to override them? The answer is yeah. It's it's an organ, and we're just getting the user's manual now mm-hmm. for better than ever before. Yeah. And I'm fascinated with biology. I'm fascinated with neurochemistry. I'm fascinated yeah. with the mechanics of if this circuit goes on. What does it do to this circuit? So if the fear circuit goes on, does that basically shut down the motivational circuit? Yeah, that's exactly what happens. So when the spiritual circuit lights on, you believe, let's say God's on your side, if you happen to believe that, then guess what? You've just created a majority in your brain and it'll override just about any other circuit in the brain, right? And so so there's the mechanics of 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 it that I'm fascinated with, but then I'm also fascinated with, you know, technology and the movie The Matrix.
0: It's amazing. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. Yeah, Yeah, the
1: movie The Matrix was the beginning of, Mm -hmm. okay, so we can, and we already know that we actually can transfer information from one cell to another. So we already know that, and so now it's a matter of how, Mm -hmm. right? Not Lewis House, but (laughs) but how. And so I'm fascinated with. You know, where are we with augmented reality? Where are we with virtual Where are we with new tropics? Where are we with whether it's electrostimulation into the brain? Where are we with accelerated visualization, accelerated emotional immersions into a virtual reality or mixed reality? And you see, I can notice already my voice is just getting because that's where it's all going. Yeah. Right. So in the next five years for sure to 10 years, no question about it. You'll be able to visualize an experience in your brain a 1,000 times in a minute mm. or 10,000 times really? in a minute. How? Yeah. Well, because your non-conscious brain is picking up information at the rate of 400 billion bits of information per second. You're only aware of 4 to 40 bits of information per second consciously. Right. So all of the information is being pummeled into the non-conscious mind anyway and then deletes, distorts, or sends a signal up for you to be aware of. Well, if you can get the information in the brain and you could trigger the brain plasticity switch on, which is mostly off after 10 years old, then the non-conscious brain is going to do what it did as a baby. That's why baby sleeps 20 plus hours a day. It's creating so many neural networks for what they hear, see, smell, taste, touch, experience, that it starts to formulate their map of reality. Well, we're about to go through a massive massive shift in what happens in our brains over the next 20 years. And that's because of the ability to input information. Uh, a lot of people are stressed right now. Why? Text, phone, mobile, radio, TV, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all, all this. It's just nonstop stress in the brain. And when the brain feels stressed, then obviously cortisol, 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 epinephrine, norepinephrine kick in, and that's a stress hormone. Well, it's like having, you know, your finger on the electricity button all day long and just not, not stopping. So you start to burn the fibers, um, your nerves. And, and so there's, there's a major shift that's going to happen, especially with virtual reality. Just sure. remember the combination yeah. of virtual reality and augmented reality. I've been in some scenarios recently, um, where it's, it's unbelievable. I was in Israel just a few months ago and I was in a, uh, a lab in Israel. With some virtual reality goggles on, some sensors on my body, and they basically put me, my consciousness, into a baby. So that when I looked wow. everywhere, I, I, I had my arms were baby's arms, my wow. legs were baby's arms, but I was me. <sighs> and so my body basically disappeared. I took on the feeling of being in a baby's body. Wow. And and I'm like I know, on one part of my brain's going, this is not happening, and the other part of the brain's going, yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. And we'll be able to put ourselves into these immersive experiences, directly focused on the non-conscious brain to rewire it. Mm. So, somebody's afraid of public speaking, afraid of heights, afraid of uh, failure, afraid of success. The the games that are going to be coming out, the experiences that'll be coming out. Where you'll be able to have your virtual reality, you know, just glasses on. They're not Mm going to be as, you know, as big big and clunky as they are now. That's like the telephones, you know, cell phones from 1970. They're big and clunky and weighed five pounds. Now you, you know, you have a computer in your hand Mm -hmm. that's got more power than the computer we use to put a man on the moon. Right. And so so the evolution of where that's going is any experience, any time real feeling associated with it that ties into all wow. the biometrics of your body your heartbeat your your um, sweat glands your your um, blood pressure everything will be monitored to be able to create maximal upload into your brain for you to absorb it so you want some confidence you'll be able to go into a confidence chamber wow. in your mind and build some freaking confidence because confidence is nothing more than a series of neural patterns that have been reinforced wow. If it's nothing more than a neural pattern that's been reinforced, why not figure out how to accelerate the right. neural pattern creation in optimal conditions? Yeah. Are you going to well, develop this? Oh, well, that's what Neurogym is all about. <laughs> yeah. <we're, laughs> With we're the virtual building reality? The we're we're going to have the best programs like that in the Neurogym. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole vision. So uh, if somebody has a a, a fear of failure – Great. Let's create some simulations that they could play in their, you know, in their Amazing. living room, uh, and let's see if they want to invite ten or twenty or fifty or hundred friends around the world. Mm. You know, so that's where it's all going. And so if you can Amazing. get the information into the brain, then the brain can code it. And if it codes it at the implicit level, then it will change behavior and perception.
0: Amazing. I'm curious. I want to ask you a question in a moment. Uh, I just want to hook people about how, if they're stuck at making a certain amount of money, uh-huh. how they can break through that mentally in a moment. Sure. But I'm curious first, why did you get into gangs and into trouble so much early on? Did you not have the, the
1: home life you wanted or was mm, it just
0: a part of being accepted by
1: peers or yeah. why? Um, had a great mom and dad even though they didn't love each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they were wonderful parents both individually. Uh, great brother, great sister, great family home, you know. Um, had food on the table every day, had mm-hmm. a roof over my head every day, had clothes on my back. So lots of love. When I was younger, I just didn't feel like I fit in. Uh Uh, And so there's a group of kids that just didn't feel like they fit in. And then we just hung out together. And then the people that were the misfits back then, I was voted most likely to fail in life uh, by my high school team. So even by then, I was getting into so much trouble. I was hanging around with the people who just didn't have their self-confidence. And I didn't feel smart enough in school. Um, I didn't feel like I was good enough in school. Mm-hmm. And, um, even though I was athletic, I played basketball yeah, and that was my only claim to fame, but I cheated to get out of high school. How so? Uh, it's a funny story, but, but <laughs> the guy, a, a kid came in from Massachusetts. His name is Ted Carolus. Um, there's a whole other story that happened about three months ago. That, if we have time, I'll get into it. Okay. But he came to our school. He liked uh, playing basketball. He wasn't very good at it, so I started helping him train for basketball, lifting mm. weights in my garage, and uh, and running and teaching him some basketball skills. And in turn, he helped me with math. Wow. And on the um, final day of you know our our math exams, um, I had no idea you know what the hell I was going to do, and I didn't know how I was going to get out of high school because I needed to get my math. Uh, mm-hmm. Grades, and so he wrote on a piece of paper that's about two inches by two inches, and, <laughs> and rolled it up like a little snot ball. Fifty answers to the questions no with a with a um, engineer pen. After he took the test, yeah, he took the test. He sat behind me in the gym, just, like, and he just flicked it on my desk. I took it out, watched where the teachers were, uh-huh. wrote out the answers. I ended up with ninety two percent on my final math test. <laughs> I got out of high school. Wow. Strangely enough, this was in in um, in the seventies. Haven't heard from him or seen him in, in uh, about, you know, 30 years or so, however long um, that is. About three months ago, my staff gets an email from a guy that says he thinks he went to high school with me. (laughs) And, um, so I call him up and I said to him about two weeks earlier, I tried to reach him on Facebook because I was going back to Montreal no way and uh he's like oh my god well i saw your ads on facebook and that's why <laughs> I, I realized there's not many people with the name Asaraf." so he called the office and then i've been giving him all of my programs thanking him you know for getting me out of high school of he's, yeah, yeah. he's an engineer oh my he's gosh. making six figures a year i said well let's help you get to a million that's amazing <laughs> right? he's like oh my gosh i said listen this is for me this is the most phenomenal <laughs> gift we'll to give you but you got me out of high school that's hilarious you know? and um so it was a, a great. Uh, that's cool. That's yeah, a good story. That's
0: fun. And who was more influential in your life, mom or dad?
1: My um, dad was a cab driver and extremely hardworking man. You know, five thirty in the morning goes out, busts his ass. Uh, he had incredible will and willpower. Mm. And so I saw some things in him that I really really resonated with. But he was not he was he went to grade 5, wasn't yeah. really educated. So didn't understand the world really well, didn't understand business, didn't understand. He was um extremely happy. His only rule huh. every day was if he woke up, he was happy.
0: Hmm.
1: That was his only rule. That's He's a good asked rule. You ask how am I? He goes, "What do you mean how am I? am alive. I'm I'm happy." And uh, never made a lot of money, you know, made twenty five, thirty grand a year. Mhm. I always had too much month left at the end of the money. Mm. Uh, my mother also went to grade three, um, but very wise, very loving, uh, very into family, very into friends, family, bonding with, with people. Uh, money was not that important, um, but family was, and, and her children, the values were. And so I learned a little bit from both. And my mother, unfortunately, has been a manic depressive um, individual for 60 years, mm. so she takes pills. She's living in an assisted living home. She's, yeah. you know, fragile and tiptoeing through life, hoping to make it safely to death. My dad's 86. He's flying next month to Barcelona to get on a cruise for a week. So wow. polar opposite. So I learned they a separated. lot of... They separated? Yeah, many years ago. They they stayed together until the kids all left, which is very like typical. Like most parents. Yeah, very difficult. Right? <laughs> and, um, and then they um they separated. You know, he went his way. He moved back to Israel. My mother wow. stayed in Montreal because that's where my sister is. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I talked to her Five, six days a week. Say, hey, how you doing? Talk to my dad three days a week or so. Okay. And just stay close. But I learned a lot from them. You know, um, the the one thing I remember is, it's funny you say this. We talked about sugar earlier. I I was 12 or 13 years old. I came home from school with information on cigarettes. Mm. And both my parents smoked two to three packs a day. Oh, my gosh. A day. Right? And my father looked at it, read it. Picked up a cigarette, smoked a cigarette, <laughs> was finishing reading it. He says, okay, I'm done. He's never had a cigarette since. He ever, had the information. Ever. He had the information while he was smoking a cigarette. He says, okay, I get this. He quit. Two, two packs a two, day. Two, three packs a day. And they wow. fought about how my mother continued smoking, he stopped smoking that one day. So one of the things wow. I, I, I got from him was, wh- where does th- this ability come from, knowing what we know about nicotine and the addictive properties of it? That's unbelievable. So it showed me that, you know, I, think, I don't know how old he was at the time, but it's, you know, it's going back 43 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he was in his 50s, or in his 40s. Wow. So he was the first. So he just made a decision and stopped. Powerful. And so he gave me a really powerful lesson of the power of decision and conviction. Right, and um, so that was a great lesson from him. Mm. But my mom, the biggest lesson, just love. Yeah, so she was just love. It's love. Yeah. It's just family. It's all about love. Mm. It's all about love. Is there anything missing
0: in your life right now? And if so, what is that?
1: There really isn't right now. But yeah, <laughs> I, um, you know, I, uh, I've just come through a really challenging time. I was in business with one of my very best friends of thirty years, mm. and we started a, a company together in. Two thousand and six or so. And um he ended up with severe diabetes mm. and had a stroke and had a heart attack and it went you know, everything just went hell in a handbasket, lost lots of money, lots of um employees. We had about seventy plus employees, we let them go, mm. closed the company down. I had friends of mine who put two million dollars into the deal. Oh. I put a couple of million dollars into the deal and it was you know all my intellectual property that I developed over mm. 60 years was basically held up in a legal lawsuit that i had with one of my shareholders and investors and it was a very challenging time because wow. is it was, it was, you know reputation ip start from scratch um assets, assets relationships assets, yeah, everything yeah a lot so it was a challenging very very challenging time and uh fortunately because of you know my meditative practices mm. staying staying aware of what is not buying too much into that i just you know started building a new company mm. over the last uh, 4 years and i've got you know 30 amazing team members now in our wow. company at neurogym um my relationship my wife is great my kids mm. are awesome my health has never been better i became vegan about 5 years ago stopped drinking alcohol 7 years ago gave up right. sugar about 3 weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> let me know how long you keep it up yeah, i made a decision now it's a, a year so the one oh, year decision, no sugar one year, one year no no sweets time. yeah, yeah. No refined sugar. If yeah, it yeah. happens to be if there happens to be honey on right, right, uh, right. you know on something, then yeah, a little bit fine. Right, right. No refined sugar. No cookies, no cakes, no chocolate bars, oh my gosh. no soft drinks, Let me know no, how it goes. nothing. Well, right now I don't have any cravings whatsoever. Wow. Zero. Wait till the holidays. Zero. <laughs> you know what? I just came back from Montreal and oh. and, and I was there for the holidays and oh the dessert table was about as big as this. And I just said no. no. And a week before actually four days before that, I was in Las Vegas at Encore at the buffet and I actually took a video of Everything that was there and I said, Now what I did beforehand is I pre-committed when I before I went to Las Vegas, I said, Now, when I go to the buffet, here's what I will do. When I go to this restaurant, here's what I will do. So I mm-hmm. pre-committed in advance, played it over in my mind 10, 15, 20 times, put myself in the situation in my mind. And then when I was there, it was, it was no easy. Big deal. Yeah. breezy because I'd done it you visualized 10, 20, it 20, 30 times God, beautiful so I did that and so when I went to Montreal usually I go to Montreal and all hell goes loose my mother you know is <laughs> she's baking been, uh, every day she's not again. anymore my sister's taking over oh yeah so the uh, you know the food that's there and um, and the desserts oh, that are there. The poutine breakfast poutine
0: there too I love poutine oh yeah Yeah. so good go
1: but the desserts for me is was the hardest oh. part but it was like easy breezy
0: that's amazing teach me that ways I don't
1: know if I'm ready to commit for the year you've got to be ready like I yeah. think and you actually, you, you mentioned something about the word, you know, commit. My first mentor, this was June 1982. Mm. He had me write down my goals. Health, wealth, relationships, career, business, fun, experiences, charity, everything. Uh, one year, three years, five years, 25 years. He had me a whole weekend write goals. I'm like, I was 19. <laughs> I was like, God, this is a lot of work. Yeah. And when I came back after the weekend, he said, okay, great. Are you serious about these? I said, yeah, I've spent the whole fucking week doing this. I'm serious about it. He says, great. Are you interested in achieving these goals or are you committed? I said, Alan, what's the difference? He goes, if you're interested, you come up with stories, excuses, reasons, and circumstances why you can't or why you won't. If you're committed, those go out the window. You just Mm -hmm. do whatever it takes. Yeah. And I remember being petrified of the difference. (laughs) I was petrified. I'm sitting there. There's a man He was looking at me. I was sitting in a chair. He was looking at me. Wonderful man. And he put his hand in front of me. Are you interested? Or are you committed? And I was like, wow, like now I've got to tell him that. Forget it, if I tell myself and then I lie to myself mm-hmm. and tomorrow I don't. But here's a gentleman that's trying to help me ask me if I'm interested or committed. That's, so I said, well, I'm, I'm committed. He says, great. Cause if you're committed, then I'll help you. Cause if you're not committed, I can't waste my time with you. And he helped me. That's amazing. And my first year uh, in real estate at 19, I made $35,000. My second year by starting to retrain my brain, every day he had me visualizing, he had me cognitively priming my brain to see my goals. Every day I would take my goals out and I would run my fingers across them. Then I would close my eyes like he taught me and he says, now read it and then see yourself doing it or achieving it or being it. Then read it and see yourself doing it and then run your fingers across it and feel The electrical signal from those words coming into your body, into your brain, and cementing themselves there. Hmm. Every day I would do that for 15, 20 minutes for a year. 35,000 first year, 151,000 second year. Amazing. 20 years old. And I said, nobody can take that away from me because I know it works. And not only did I learn it for myself, but then I taught it to my employees in my company. Mm -hmm. We had 1,500 agents in Indiana uh plus all the staff in the offices at bamboo we had uh, 1200 employees there wow. um and and now have taught you know these principles you know Amazing. to our clients and i mean tens of thousands of clients all over the world yeah
0: and i think um you know some people get mixed up with the law of attraction thinking that that's all they need to do <laughs> but then you spent 10 15 hours a day executing and staying committed to it when the, the, law the of challenges law, yeah. Came, yeah when all the challenges came every day you were committed to overcoming them that's right
1: and Building great habits and routines, and taking massive action. Yeah, and when when it comes to the you know the uh, the problems that come up every day, I mean it's it's like weather. It's sunny for a little bit. It's raining. It's hailing. It's windy. It's not. That's life, and and that goes back to where we started a little bit earlier about the frames. Yeah. Is if you expect things to always be great, you're delusional. Mm-hmm. If you expect things to always be bad, that maybe, maybe might happen. Might
0: happen.
1: <laughs> um, and so it's a matter of learning the frames. Mm-hmm and how do you frame stuff. So even yeah. when you know I was going through this challenging challenging times on on a lot of fronts um the frame was still good. Yeah. The frame was still good because I was just it, I know it's just a chapter yep. and I know that it's going to pass. It'll pass and I know yeah. that by taking all of my attention units and and that's a, actually something we didn't talk about today is every morning when you wake up you have let's say let's say it's 10 attention units. If you're using two or three or four or five or six of them on what's why an you attention can't, unit what do you an mean? An attention unit is your uh, your ability to stay focused. Uh-huh. And your ability to stay focused um, is happening at the conscious and non-conscious level. So if you're processing stuff in the back of your mind of something you're angry at, something you're mad at, something that's stressing you out, that or Mm -hmm. you don't have enough money, or you don't have the right relationships or the contacts or whatever, if you're stressing out about that stuff and that's eating up your attention units, that's like having your computer, okay, using up most of its energy in what's behind that you're not using. Yeah. And we all have a certain amount of attention units every day. And so one of the things that uh, you asked me before that I can come back to on the rituals um, is, is using the attention units in a way that is highly, highly productive versus yeah, you know, wasting a lot of time. And so my ritual I mean, we started earlier, I just remembered that um, is, sure. you know, wake up meditation, exercise, exercise, uh, plant-based protein smoothie, mm. followed by reviewing my goals.
0: Mm. Every day you review every, your goals. Every,
1: every day, five minutes.
0: The goals for the day, the month, the every, year.
1: Everything. Yeah. I, I review my overarching goals. Wow. I could do that fairly quickly because mm-hmm. that's my longer range goals. I could review the emotions that I want because mm-hmm. I'm committed to having those emotions every day and feeling a certain way every day. And then I take a look at from you know, f- you know five years out, three years, one year, mm-hmm. 90 days, 60 days to today. Wow. And so I just review it, and what you have happens? Give it on a piece of paper, laminated, or? and on laminated. my computer. Really? Yeah. yeah, and I have it in a in a in a booklet also. Really? So when I travel, it's really You'll easy. To, do you have it with you? I, a no, no, it's it's uh, it's a pretty oh, big. Got you, got It's like a little manual. You have to send me a photo so yeah. I can see it. Yeah, I'll send yeah. you. It's called my exceptional life blueprint. I like it. And um, and so the the question many people may ask is why? Why would you do that? Well, because you're having thirty five to fifty thousand thoughts a day, right? And your brain isn't certain like what's really important and what's not. Yeah. But if you instruct your brain that something is really important, whether it's something you don't want or something you do, it will actually pay attention to you. Right. So by priming my brain early every day, here is what I want you to focus on. Here are the emotions I want you to express through me. Here's the behaviors that I need to take. Then I am on a daily basis setting the course for what I want my brain mm. to focus on. Mm. I am cognitively priming the pump. And if I do it one day, that's great. If I do it 60 days, 100 days, my brain goes, hey, I'm just going to make this freaking automatic because I want to conserve energy. Right. Right? I'm just going to make it automatic. So not only will you focus on it consciously, I'm just going to make everything happen behind the scenes to help help you see, think, and feel things that are congruent with what you're trading your life for and what you want to achieve. So I'm just using the system better. Right, I love this. Okay, final few questions. I want to go back to the question
0: about uh, the financial mindset mm, because yes. there's a lot of entrepreneurs who are listening, or those who are looking to make more money. Maybe they're at the uh, five figure months, maybe at the six figure year level, maybe they're at the seven figure, and they they've felt stuck for a while. Mm-hmm. How do we retrain our mind to break through that financial mindset limit? Yeah, yeah.
1: there's something in the um. um weight loss industry field called a fat set point Mm -hmm. and every brain has a fat set point and it basically states that you have a set point just like a thermostat that's programmed in a room to have a set point Um, we have fat set points we have financial set points we have relationship set points we have these set points that we become accustomed to Mm -hmm. achieving And then all of the supporting evidence, the stories, the themes, the plot lines, the perceptions and behaviors all must match the set point. And so you can ask yourself two questions. Number one is how did that set point get there? Mm -hmm. And then how do I change it? Right. So how it got there is through all of your conditioning, through what you've read, what you've done, what you've experienced, what you've been told, what you've seen. All of that has created your financial set point Mm -hmm. based on your story. And so the first thing to recognize is the set point can be changed. And the question is how, <laughs> right? And that's the million dollar question. So yeah. number one, uh, what drives behavior more than anything else? It's not skill. It's not knowledge. Skill and knowledge is potential power. But what does drive behavior more than anything else is beliefs. And so if there is a belief um, in the brain that says, yes, you know, I think I'm capable of achieving – Double my income. We'll just use double my income. But there's another belief that opposes that. That causes what we uh, what we know is as neural um, uh, dissonance. So it creates a chaotic vibration in the brain between the conscious and non conscious mind. So the key is to get alignment between the new goal, which is a conscious pattern of thought that you can choose in an instant, and the non conscious part of the brain around that goal. Yeah. So how do you develop a belief? Right. So it's a pattern. So if I gave you a sentence and you said that sentence one time, you probably great It'd be a sentence like one of was like hearing a line in a song one time. Mm-hmm. But if you heard a line in a song repeatedly, 20, 30, 40, 50 times, and you had other associations with that to reinforce that pattern, then you would start to develop a non-conscious pattern. Through that, So we know that using, let's say, visualization, you're actually bypassing the conscious mind and you're accessing the visual cortex of the brain. It's a non-conscious process, the visual processor. And so if we take words and we affirm them and we feel them and we visualize them and repeat them 100, 200, 500, times, now we start to create a pattern at the non-conscious level. That basically reinforces a conscious desire. And so that's really why I developed NeuroGym. That's that's the only reason why because we know that's what we can do and should do and it works. And I just created the tools, the technology and the tools to do it faster than anything else. In a variety of different evidence-based ways, so you start to see yourself at that new goal. You start to impress a new belief that seems foreign, unfamiliar, maybe even a little stupid mm-hmm. at first.
0: Ridiculous, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like, you no, know, I'm not earning a hundred grand a year. Uh, yes, I am. Well, no, you're not. And there's this battle, and you have to move from ignorance to awareness. So, what do I mean by that? If you don't understand that every brain has an error. Detection mechanism within it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is that? <laughs> anytime you veer out of your comfort zone, the fat point setting or the financial, anytime you veer out of it, the first line of defense is self talk that's negative. That's the first thing that pops up because your brain is going, that's not true. So it's detecting an error between what you said as an affirmation or even what you just visualized or even what you just did against the predominant neural patterns mm. that exist. So it's an 800-pound gorilla initially fighting the flea, right? right. Dan Heath's book. <laughs> uh, and so what we want to do is we want to get the, the conscious goal, the vision, aligned with the non-conscious pattern. And as soon as you align that, you have neural coherence. And when right. you have neural coherence, that's like hearing your f- most favorite band playing your favorite song and you're just like, Oh, that's the best.
0: bliss, yeah. It's
1: just bliss. If it's not bliss, you're out of coherence. And so the key and why we start off early with meditation is awareness of how do I tune in my vibration? How do I let go of that unempowered self-talk, that sentence, that thought that I had, Mm. or that disempowering? It's an unpleasant uh, feeling. Beliefs aren't good or bad. They're only pleasant to unpleasant at varying degrees. When we're out of coherence, it's unpleasant unless our life is on the line and Mm -hmm. safety is there. For the most part, you know, a fear of failing, where's that coming from? We failed our whole lives successfully. Yeah, exactly. But the meaning that we're giving, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, what people will say, what people will think, you know, how I'll be embarrassed or ashamed. Those are Mm -hmm. all the things that you need to really get in tune with. And when you do that and you start to... To use affirmations, and um, you know, again, we we just developed a, a, a mechanism using auditory brain stimulation to to take the most powerful beliefs, the guided mm. visualizations, guided meditations, subliminal programming, um, to help people.
0: Mm, I love it. Yeah. I love it. A uh, couple final questions. What are you most grateful for in your life recently?
1: To have um, just turned fifty-five, wow, um, in the healthiest spiritual, mental, emotional and physical place in my life mm. to really have a deep connection with uh, God and, and I'm not religious so I'm just God to me is the source of all supply yeah. to everybody so just to really feel
0: that amazing
1: um, to have an amazing partner in my life, my wife uh, I've been through two divorces, been married to my wife now for 11 years, been together for 17 my sons, Keenan and Noah uh, just 19 years old mm. 21 years old, just Champions of life.
0: That's cool.
1: um, my mom and dad are still alive. My brother and sister and I are happy and healthy. And um, I've got a thriving business doing what I love. Mm. So it's a really good place of That's just cool. being grateful for, for, you know, not up my life and all the opportunities that I had. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, um, but being um, ready to, you know, uh, enjoy the next chapters, mm. the challenges, the good, the challenging, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm in a really good position. To, to sail the oceans, you mm-hmm. know, of life regardless of how big the right. the the storms are and you know, you know, even as I say it's like no no, I don't want I don't want any more big you know, big storms, but but I'm well equipped sure, to captain sure. the ship a lot better now. Well, what's one skill you haven't mastered yet that you want to master? Um something that has really been on top of my mind is um being somebody who loves to write and somebody who loves to teach and share. There's, there's a, an art and a science to persuasion mm. that I haven't mastered. I'm pretty well-versed in it, um, but that's a science of really um, being able to affect the neurochemistry in somebody else's brain yeah. with what you say and how you act. I went to see a play last night, and you know, I'm sitting in a play, and it's a musical with my wife and my eight other uh, friends, and all of us were crying. You know, because because the story is so good. So mm-hmm. the art of storytelling yeah. more. It's a good you skill. Know, the art of storytelling. Those
0: more. that can do that are. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. It's, and it's such a like, skill.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 you're just going right into that. That's cool. That heart centeredness of people. So to yeah. be able to touch people, I, I tend to be, you know, a little too, uh, logical at times. Uh-huh. So I want to get more into the, and I have, I'm, I'm totally comfortable, you know, opening up my heart and talking about everything. <laughs> just telling that story. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, I want to go to the science. Yeah. <laughs> of like, course. You know, so.
0: um, this is a question I ask everyone at the end. It's called the three truths. Yeah. So uh, if it's the last day for you many, many years from now, you've achieved everything you want, you learned everything you want to learn, uh, and all your books and work has been erased for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and your, your friends and family give you a piece of paper and a pen and say, "Will you write down the three things you know to be true about everything you've experienced in life that you'd pass on to us. Yeah, what would no. be those three truths?
1: One, love yourself. So learn how to love yourself, number one. Uh, you can achieve anything you set your mind to achieve. And be a go-giver as much as you are a go-getter.
0: There you go. I like it.
1: Uh, What
0: should we be connecting with? Neurogym.com obviously is something everyone should go to and sign up for, but you have a -a brain-a-thon, correct? Yeah.
1: Yeah, For for Neurogym, the uh, website is myneurogym.com. Myneurogym.com. If they go to Neurogym, they'll they'll meet somebody who has a rehab company in in Canada that's a rehab for brain injuries. So uh, it's Uh, myneurogym.com. But uh, we have a -a brain-a-thon that's coming up and uh and
0: this is a free event yeah. online
1: yeah basically what happens a lot of people are fascinated with the people that i'm hanging around with the top brain researchers in the mm-hmm. world the top you know mindset and emotional experts in the world and so i d- started doing this brain-a-thon uh, a few years ago and mm-hmm. so this is going to be our fifth annual brain and so it's myself and you know usually six or seven world-renowned brain experts so we've got, you know, the upcoming one. We've got Dr. Srinivasan Pillay uh, from Harvard, won more awards than any other uh, student at Harvard Psychiatry ever. Brilliant. Wow. He'll be on with me. I've got uh, Larry King's actually going to help moderate a couple yeah. of the sections cool. um, uh, with me as well. I've got Dr. Daniel Friedland, the former chairman of the uh, uh, Integrative uh, World Health Association, brilliant okay. neuroscience researcher. Dr. Evan Gordon has got an MD and PhD specializing in the non unconscious brain the stuff that you know a lot of people talk about it in an airy fairy way this is top five experts in the world mm. um that's going to be on on the show i've got sharon pearson from australia who's the ceo of the coaching institute who really helps people let go of their stories and excuses mm. and uh, circumstances they think are holding them back i've got mark waldman written 12 books uh, on the wow. brain spirituality letting go of your uh, fears, you're letting go of your doubts, letting go of the negative self-talk that yeah. holds a lot of people back. So we've got a whole bunch mm. of these individuals uh, plus a whole bunch of our clients. It'll be on four or five of our clients that uh, we're showing. Here's how they're retraining their brain. Here's how they're shattering kind, their financial yeah. glass ceilings. But it's so much more than that. Because once you understand that the power center Is right within you and you learn how to just use the tools a little bit better. We've got Mm -hmm. the most powerful three pound tool in the world (laughs) with no user's manual. Right. And so so we teach people, here's the latest research. Here's how you can apply it to your life to be healthier, happier, make more money, get a better job, get a raise, start your business and do better by retraining your brain to be totally in aligned with your goals and dreams Mm -hmm. and like, and learning how do I stay focused? How do I stay motivated? Uh, how do I stay on track? How do I develop the habits that will empower me, and how do I do right. the things that inspire me instead of the things that expire me? There
0: you go. YourBrainathon.com.
1: YourBrainathon.com. Awesome.
0: Yeah. We'll have it linked up and all that information, along with the new book you have coming out. We'll ah. have that linked up. So, ah, so make sure you guys get on the Brainathon, get the new book. What's it called again? In
1: the new book innercise? is going to be called Inner Size. Inner Size so instead of yes. Exercise. Inner Size. I like it. Yeah.
0: I like it. Definitely get uh, on board with what John's doing at myneurogym.com. Your Your Brainathon. What is it called? Your Brainathon.
1: Yeah, yourbrainathon.com to sign up for our upcoming uh, Brainathon with me and the other brain experts.
0: There you go. Um, Before I ask the final question, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, John, for your incredible ability to commit to transforming your life and inspiring others to do the same. Again, the 19 year old in you who made that decision to Uh. commit has, uh, you know, transformed millions of lives around the world because of that decision, because of you constantly being a seeker of truth and information to support yourself and others. It's an incredible, um, you know, it's just amazing what you've been able to create for yourself and to be such an inspiring symbol, everything from your health to your attitudes, your energy, to your intelligence, to your love. It's a symbol of what's possible for everyone else. So, I want to acknowledge you for all the Thank gifts you. you bring to the world. You. I yes. took,
1: took my mess, turned it into my message. I like it. I like <laughs> it.
0: Right? I like it. Yeah. Uh, the final question is, what is your definition of greatness?
1: Mm, you know, that's, uh, that's a great question. I think feeling and knowing that you've used your life in a way that makes yourself proud, mm. that you're proud of. You, you felt like, what a journey. And uh, I left it all out on the field. You know, I just left it all in the field. That's m- my own greatness, mm. you know, is knowing that I used my life in a way that I left it all out on the field, that the the, the bruises, the bangs, you know, the trials, the tribulations, mm. the highs, the lows, that, that you used it, you, that you, you used it. For me, and that's actually, I'm going to just back, I made a commitment to myself that I will never meet my maker and feel like I should have done more. So I'm willing to go through whatever mm-hmm. to never, ever feel that. Right. I don't want to be one of my friends that I've had who've squandered 20, 30, 40 years of their life. I don't want to be the person that says, I wish I would have. I wish I could have. I don't want to be that person. I won't. So there's a part of me that, you know, um, and this is something that, that will give people a good frame. I'm afraid of that. Yeah. So... There's two ways to look at fear, right? So a lot of people, when something's, you know, they're afraid of, it's pushing them backwards. And I chose to take fear and put it behind me to push me forward. So that's how you could take your fear and turn it into your fuel, Hmm. right? So I just choose to reframe it. I don't want that. I'm aware of that. Great. How do I use that to move me forward? Mm -hmm. So it's just a shift in how I perceive it. And so I want to. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to love. Like I don't want to feel like I could have loved more. I could have mm-hmm. given more. I could have become more. I could have tried. I don't want to ever feel that, the day I die. Mm. And every any day that I do, I just get out of it. Come on, nope. Right. Today may be the day you die. Sure,
0: there you go.
1: Today may be the day. You die. This moment may be the moment you die. So nope, that that's not going to happen. So it's a really wonderful motivator for me. Fear is a great motivator for me.
0: There you go. John, there thanks for coming good. on. Thanks, Appreciate guys. it.
1: There you have it. Episode 400 is
0: complete. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. If you want to watch the full video interview, go to slash 400. Also, guys, our YouTube channel is blowing up. We've got all these interviews and episodes over on YouTube. That's right. YouTube.com slash Lewis Howes. I'm also vlogging once a week so you can see my adventures from Iceland to India to New York to wherever I'm traveling to. I'm doing behind-the-scenes vlogging. That's right. I'm showing you my perspective, sharing with you what's in my head, what's going on in my life, business, what I'm thinking, processing, and we're editing it up into a vlog on YouTube once a week. So go check out, subscribe to my channel, YouTube slash Lewis Howes, and make sure to sign up for the Brainathon uh, with John as well and get in that game and learn more about how to optimize your mind and brain also you guys make me smile so much so thank you for being here we are almost at 25 million downloads that's right we're a few hundred thousand downloads away 400 episodes almost four years in 25 million downloads we're in the top 100 on itunes you guys are amazing thank you so much if this is your first time here make sure to subscribe to the podcast over on itunes and leave a review of what you thought about this episode or the podcast If this is your 400th time here, then send me a message and let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram if you've listened to all 400 episodes. I'm going to think of something to give you back in return just for your incredible uh, support and loyalty for for learning and growing and being part of this for 400 episodes. And make sure to connect with John as well. All of his info is back at lewishouse.com slash 400. Guys, if you are not using Headspace yet, make sure to get on headspace it is what i use whenever i feel fear anger stress anxiety or if i can't sleep i turn on headspace and i put on a 10 minute guided meditation i'm telling you meditation will transform your life and headspace is a meditation app made super simple super easy and effective i don't care who you are how old you are if you think meditation is dumb or not, I'm telling you, this is so simple and easy to use and so effective. Their app has been downloaded over 7 million times, including me. I'm a subscriber. I'm a buyer. I'm a customer. And it's super simple, guys. 10 minutes a day is all you need. Learn more at headspace.com slash greatness. Again, headspace.com slash greatness. And with that, guys... Thank you again for being here. Episode number 400 is complete. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.